is never the underdog. Yes, sir. He's never the underdog. Yes, sir. What's up, Duke fans? Welcome to the Devil's Den podcast. I'm your host, Josh Smith, joined by my co-host, Raul and Shu. Uh, first pod of the new year, so we're going to talk a little bit about the FSU game, the NC State game. Unfortunately, we ended up splitting that, so we're one and one since we last talked to you all. Um, big win against FSU and Cameron, 86-67, and then unfortunately, if you're listening to this, you probably saw that abonishment of last night. So State just really laid it, laid it on us. Um, 84-60 was the final. It wasn't that close, unfortunately. Um, so we're going to react a little bit to those two games, talk about some themes across the week, some concerns that we might would have, and then we'll we'll preview BC a little bit. Um, but FSU game, just a, a brief highlight before we jump into it. Huge contribution from the bench, 46 points. Had a breakout from Dariq. Ryan Young was pretty incredible. State game, not a whole lot of positives to take from that. I mean, 20-2 to two to start the game. 21 turnovers to 10 assists. Pretty much a disaster all around. Um, before we just kind of sit in that kind of cesspool let's talk about our player spotlights across the week i'm assuming that most of these are probably coming from that fsu game no one really did a whole lot worth mentioning in the state game we'll, we'll talk about that though um shoot I'll, I'll go to this to you first who you got this week for your player spotlight give us something positive here i mean i think it's pretty obvious uh ryan young was our best player over these last two games uh didn't miss a shot from the floor and both of them combined Against FSU, it was seven to seven from the floor, six to six from the free throw line, had 12 rebounds. I think he was the first Duke player ever to put up that stat line of, uh, 20 points, um, and 10 plus rebounds on 100% shooting. So, uh, kudos to him. I mean, we've had some guys, Marvin Bagley, guys like that, that, you know, just dunk the ball all the time. So always have a nice field goal percentage. So to, to get that accomplishment, you know, that that's big for him. Um, and then of course in the state game last night, uh, four for four from the floor, he did miss two free throws, went three for five, um, but had 11 points. But, um, yeah, I mean, through a dark time like last night, you know, Ryan Young is still the, the bright spot. Um, and it's been a little weird for a lot of Duke fans. I know I've kind of criticized him on here, you know, wanting them to have less couple you know pull back some of his minutes but mm -hmm. right now at this point i think he's our best player you know <laughs> so yeah that's a fair know. point just a definitely the best big yeah, yeah. oh well, maybe not yeah. the best overall player but for sure the best big man yeah, yeah. i think you could make the argument maybe yeah. if you wanted to yeah. though for best player. i mean the dude had a 222 right. 222 yeah. offensive rating against Florida hmm. state like i don't even i, I want to go back and look at some point to see when the last duke player had an offensive rating above 200 that's just uh, yep. you can't even really quantify that it's just crazy so i mean yeah coming into last night's game he was seventh in the nation in uh offensive rating he was ninth in two-point percentage and he was 13th in offensive rebounding rate so i mean you're top 15 in three stats out yep. of how many thousands of players and across the nation that's it's pretty dang good yeah yeah for sure um i, I guess i can go next <clears throat> so i'm gonna go with jalen blake's um, and, and this is not to bring, I know we've already reacted to Wake a little bit too, but really since that Wake game, I thought he did a great job just building upon that heading into the Florida State game. He gets the start. He has 17 points, three assists. He's four for six from three. Um, thought he really played under control. He really got us into our offense. Um, it seemed to kind of give us a different look at times, which I really liked. Obviously, against State, he kind of got relegated a little bit. He seemed to try to do a little bit too much against State, but I think our entire team was just trying to do a bit too much there. Uh, one of the odd stats that I was looking at from Blake, so he's 14 from 34 from two on the year, and he's also 14 from 34 from three on the year. So that's kind of interesting to to monitor. Um, but yeah, you know, shouts to Jalen. He didn't get a whole lot of play time last year. So to see him do this, I think, is at least a bright spot for us this season. Um, hopefully something that we can continue to build momentum on, hopefully this year, but at least kind of going forward. Maybe we found something with him. I don't know about y'all. I definitely did not see this level of offensive output um, from him, particularly from three. I mean, 
34 shots isn't like crazy high volume, but I think it's decent enough to suggest that he could at least be a 35% three point shooter. I mean, that, um, which, you know, obviously if you've been watching us play, we need shooting desperately. So I'll go with Jalen, um, for mine. Raul, round us out who you got. Yeah, it's going to be Derek Whitehead for me. Um, if you listen to the Brian Geisinger pod that we did, we talked about how he was the key to opening up some more small ball lineups, or maybe not small ball, but you know, not too bigs. Um, and we're seeing over the last three games, he scored in double figures in all those games. Well, he sat out that one game, so really it's over the last four, but the last three that he played. But yeah, he has uh, shooting splits of 46, 39, 100 over those three games, hmm. averaging 14 points a game. Uh, you'd like to see him turn the ball over a little bit less. 2.3 turnovers, only 1.7 assists. I will say that I've liked the passing from him that I've seen. Um, and then his defense, I think, has been a bright spot as well. The team overall has kind of struggled defensively, but I think he's done a good job of jumping passing lanes and you know staying glued to his man. Um, so yeah, I've really liked everything I've seen from him. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention about uh, the three-point shooting too is the volume is really good. Um, mm. six attempts a game over these last three games. So if you're hitting 39% on six attempts a game, that makes you like a genuinely pretty elite shooter by college standards. Yeah. So yeah, um, I think he could provide a really a new dimension to our offense going forward if he keeps playing like this. I definitely like seeing him start to get to the rim a little bit more. Had some really nice finishes against Florida State. Yeah, yeah. And that step back three was... Oh, yeah. That was pretty. I mean, that was nice. Um, yeah, his threes... He doesn't seem to have to get a ton of, it's not like Mark Mitchell where he needs a ton of space. He'll take some with somebody right in his face. Yeah. He'll size yeah. you up and just pull yeah. up in front. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a jab step to kind of get you thinking, but yeah. And his shot yeah. selection has just been better overall. Um, you know, there's been fewer mid range shots. It's been everything's been at the rim or from three. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, before we jump on to some of the concerns, because uh, I think Whitehead kind of can address some of them for us. I just throw this out to you all. In my opinion, he's the guy that can kind of flip this season. Um, and what we've seen so far is I think we've seen a guy who lost a lot of time during the summer, was questioning himself during the winter, and he started to flip a switch a little bit. He's talked about it. Adam Rowe did a great article where he talked about getting ready to go home, talked to his family, got some of that tough love, um, kind of telling him, like, look, dude, like, you're the guy, right? Like, you're still this dude. Go, go do it. And we started to see that confidence grow for him. I'm at the point now where... One, I'd like to see him on ball a lot more often. You mentioned his passes. He had some really nice, like, slip passes to Ryan Young in that Florida State game. Um, I, I'd like to see him more involved as the ball handler in pick and roll actions. I'd like to see him kind of getting downhill a little bit. I'd kind of like to see his usage spike to about 30 to 35% and just lean into it and, and see where it can take you. Um, try to turn him into that alpha. What do y'all think about that? Is this kind of just reactionary or are we seeing maybe something that we can take positively away from this week? Shoot, I'll go to you first. No, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent. I mean, earlier in the year, Flip was having a great, you know, offensive outputs um, games. And lately that's not been the case. What we've seen lately, obviously the, Offense is just bogged down. We don't have a go-to guy, right? We don't have a somebody you can just throw the ball to and go get you a bucket. Um, I think Dariq has the best skill set and tools to be that guy. And so I'm with you 100%. I think, yeah. Get his, and how much get easier his, does that make it on those guys, right? Like you're talking about flips, kind of hit a little bit of a wall, like Proctor's still trying to find his uh, rope. Like if Whitehead becomes that guy... Yep. It takes a lot of pressure off of everybody else, right? The offense becomes much more simplified. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Ro, you got any thoughts on that? Or? I mean, who would the other candidates even be, really? Um, right, right. With, with Roach struggling as much as he is, um, and then the other guys just don't really seem to have the skill set for it. Um, Mark Mitchell, you know, we talked about on the last pod, like whether he could scale up and kind of the reasons we thought he might not be able to, and he might be kind of in the perfect role for him right now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's been efficient overall, but, uh, but yeah, so you run down the list and you're like, other than Ryan Young and, and you know, we've seen some flashes from Blake's too, like you mentioned, but are we really going to run the offense through Blake's? Yeah. 
Yeah, right. Yeah. And and we're not trying to I'm not trying to suggest yeah. like eliminating right. anyone else oh, either, no. but getting him closer to that 15 to 20 shot profile, getting him much more involved on the ball. Um well, I, I, you, I don't you, know. Bro, man. you brought up a good point. What about running it through Ryan Young? I mean, he passes well out of the post, obviously he scores. Now, is he limited athletically? Um, yes. And does he have a propensity to sometimes travel when he's trying to make his, you know, 37 back pedals to the basket with pump fakes. Um, but like you said, the options are pretty limited. I, I think it's still Derek. He's, yeah. he's got the most upside, right? That three level scoring, right? Yeah. He's got the passing. We mentioned the defense coming on. Um, I, at this point, it's kind of, we're just kind of middle of the pack right now. If you look at some of our advanced metrics, we're playing about, that we're, we're playing to the, if you're into rankings, I don't really care much about the AP polls or anything like that. We're down to 25th on Kimpom, but we're playing more like the 71st team. That's about where our offense and defense kind of are rating wise right now. Um, and that's obviously not going to get it done, right? That's not great. It's not good. However, it's not uncommon. We see Duke teams all the time hit these sorts of walls. You know, the 2015 team hit a wall right around here. They lose two games. They give up 90 the switch gets flipped. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see if that well, happens. Last but. year, last year's team uh, had that stretch at the end of the year where we were like 200th in defense for a full month, if yeah. you remember. Yeah. And yeah. then suddenly we just, you know, roll through the first four games of the tournament. Yeah. So, you know, maybe this team doesn't have quite the level of right. talent that some of those other ones do, no. but I do think that Derek is maybe the only guy that fits that profile. For us, I mean, because yep. he just has that coming in, right? If like yeah. in high school, even his first game this year, he took like 12 or 13 shots. Like they were trying to get him going. I'd like to see us maybe go back to that and just see if we can turn this guy into something. Um, you know, what's what do we got to lose really at this point? You know, yeah. Know. And coming back to the point about like running things through young, I think that has a limitation simply just because young's not going to play 35 minutes. And Dorit yeah. could. Um, so there's that. And then also, Young being on the floor, I think, limits us defensively a little bit. Like, as good as he was in the last couple of games, you saw against NC State that he couldn't do anything against their big man. Yeah, he was getting kind of pushed around. He had 5,000, right. 20 minutes and yeah. just couldn't couldn't keep up. And that dude was huge. I get it. Right. But at the same time, yeah, and I think it's just going to be better to try to get that guy to be on the wing if we can. Yeah. Right. Like if you can get our, our guy, our takeover guy out there. Um, I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not saying don't run through young when he's out there. Sure. Right. Right. It, Cause but if just, not, then he's, she wants he out there. Yeah, exactly. Doing a more limited quality quantity. Yeah. Josh, you'll remember being at media day. You remember John said that this year we weren't going to be a dump it into the paint team you know we we're going to be a perimeter oriented team <laughs> and you're looking at back at that now and you're looking at our backcourt no matter who it's been starting our backcourt has been hot garbage over <laughs> the last couple games so we might want to rethink that strategy because that's not working either yeah i think that's a fair and you've we've kind of seen that like <sighs> the backcourt has been so bad that it's kind of forced his hand a little bit i think you know it's Proctor's shooting numbers are just not good. I'm going to talk about Roach here in a minute. Um, you know, Grandison has just not really been that guy for us either. It's it's hard to find it. Um, you know, Blake's has been a really positive, but yeah, the backcourt's kind of let us down a little bit. So here we are. You know, it's January 5th. We'll see what happens. But So um, that's why I'm wondering, like, why don't you play more inside to out, right? You get it in the paint. And now, look, Ryan Young's probably not going to command double teams, right? Nobody's trying to come double them. So you're not necessarily going to gain anything from from doing it that way, maybe. But uh, I just think, you know, relying on our perimeter to win us games is is not going to be a, a very uh, successful recipe going forward unless yeah. things drastically change. Yeah, agreed. Um, well, let's, we kind of already talked about it a little bit, but let's talk about some player concerns. Um, I, I guess I can start us out. To me, it's got to be Jeremy Roach here. Um, you know, maybe the toe is still bothering him, but for me, it's like at this point, if it is the toe, it's starting to cost the team, you know, maybe like let him heal. Does he need to sit for a week or two? Does it just need a hard reset over there? 
Um, but just in conference, I mean, Roach is shooting 21% from the field, 31% from three, only nine assists, seven turnovers. You know, it was two of 10 against Florida State, 0, and 8, 0 for eight against State. Um, I think he pretty much got benched kind of most of the second half. Like, disclaimer, I didn't watch most, most of that half last night. So it was just pretty much over at that point. He plays 23. So, you know, that's not a great look on the season. He's down to 36% from the field, 32% from three, averaging 12 and three. You know, it's not it's not all on him, but I think a lot of us coming in, you know, this is the junior captain. He's coming off that huge NCAA tournament. I think if he was that guy that we had in the tournament, a lot of these things that we're talking about probably just aren't there. Um but that be as it may, it's not the case. And I think we're, you know, we're missing his production. We're missing the player that he can be. We saw it against Iowa. We saw it earlier in the year. Um, you know, we need Jeremy to be there. If not that, at least more of a leadership, you know, capacity. And last night, I just didn't, I didn't see that. So, um, you yeah, know, not the, to pile on him too much, but go ahead, Rob. The defense has been bad too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, coming back to like Iowa and what was the other game that he was really good? Maybe Xavier. Xavier, like, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So like two of our best performances were when he looked like last year's version of himself or the end of last year, I should say. Yeah. But yeah, you know, maybe that was just a kind of a little bit of a flash in the pan. But I, I do think his foot it has to be bothering him because like I was re-watching the FSU game earlier today. So this is why this is fresh in my mind. But in the first half alone, he gets into the lane gets by everybody is at the rim and blows two layups like and this wasn't a question of him being too small like we've seen before where he's struggling to finish over big men this was like wide open layups that he missed so i think it has to be something like that and i think that's probably affecting the defense too yeah yeah I mean, and defense has never been his strongest suit but i think when you're struggling in other places it's just easy to to get lost out there um you know, like I said, not trying to just dump it all on him, but being that junior, being that point guard to being the captain, it's we needed this to be his team. And I just either maybe he just wasn't quite ready for that or just the way the dynamics or the way that we're playing or just the injuries that we've had throughout the summer, the lack of continuity, roster construction, new coach, whatever it is. Um, it just hasn't really worked out yet. So, yeah, I mean, last night. You know what I want to see, and if your shots aren't falling, your shots aren't falling. That's fine. Play defense, but what I wanted to see from him, like you said, be the leader. When we're throwing the ball all over the place, like bring the guys in, get them calmed down. You know, it just we didn't have any of that last night. That whole first half, and like Josh said earlier, for disclosure, I didn't watch any of the second half. I turned that off as soon as Joiner or whoever hit that shot to Jarko, right? Of course, yeah, shot in the corner. Um, I completely turned it off started watching old episodes of entourage just to get my blood pressure back to normal yeah i'm thinking uh jarkle maybe listens to the pod or something because uh dude was incredible bringing him up so much yeah him and terquavion smith just could not miss from three Um, but yeah that was that was the moment for me too that was one of those complete bs shots where you're just like okay yes we played terribly but what can you do against something like that yeah and they had several of those. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Jarkel was, phenomenal. I mean, 21, yeah. 9, and 6, no mm-hmm. turnovers. You know, it's just, he, he was incredible. Um, and that's been, that's, you mentioned the, the Roach defense too. And I would have to go back and look, but it seems like the last, basically since in conference or since that toe thing started to become an issue, opposing guards have just feasted on us. I mean, the guy from Wake, both of the guards from Wake kind of torched us. Appleby was in the lane whenever he wanted to be. Jarko and Terquavion last night looked like surefire lottery picks against us. And and that's happened to us before. Um, but also in prior years, defense kind of wasn't our calling card. And this year it kind of was earlier in the season. Like we talked about like holding teams to low points and then that's just went away. And yeah, conference that's completely went away. Um, I don't even know what our strength is right now. And I couldn't even yeah. really tell you. So even the offensive rebounding isn't, it's still there because it's inflated by how good it was. But going from first to seventh or whatever we are now, it takes a little bit to to drop yeah. that far. So and I believe um, we were second entering the FSU game. So 
that's quite a fall off a cliff in just two games. Yeah, it's it's not not a great trend, um, to say the least. But uh, you know, either way, that's me piling on Roach a little bit. Raul, who who's kind of your player concern, or who are you kind of looking at right now? Well, you know, it's going to be the according to some recruiting services, the number one player in the country coming in, Derek Lively. I mean, he's, I don't want to say he's been actively bad. It's just, he's been a non entity. Mm -hmm. Like he can't stay on the court because he fouls constantly. He has flashes. I mean, he has a 13% block rate, which is really high. That'd be like up there with the best in Duke history. But he also is fouling, you know, 6.4 times per 40 minutes. Um, and in some games, you know, it's worse than that. Like against FSU, he has three fouls in 13 minutes. And it was actually probably fewer than 13 minutes because he played some minutes after that without fouling. It was like in the first eight minutes he was out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just these kind of like, he doesn't have the defensive kind of fundamentals to contest properly. Like most of his successful blocks are the kind where he comes from behind. Um, and like pins it to the backboard or whatever. Um, but if he's there at the rim and somebody's coming at him, they body him and then that ca- causes his arms to drop down. Yep, and even yep. if he doesn't uh, touch them, that's an automatic call. Yeah. And yeah. So, and then offensively, what's his role? Like he's just standing there clocking the paint. So yeah, you, you see that he's getting a shorter and shorter leash from uh, Shire too. And do you think part of his problem offensively is we don't have a point guard that can set him up? Oh, yeah, for sure. No. Which maybe that's where Whitehead could come in, like running some pick and roll or something. He, I, he's made a few nice passes to Lively, but um, but I don't think that's like some permanent solution. But Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we've stopped right. even looking for that, right? Like there was yeah. a time when he was starting to enter the lineup. We were running a lot of pick and roll. He mm, was like yeah. cutting super hard. We were kind of forcing some lobs to try to get him going. We're not even trying that. Anymore. Yeah, he had, not- he had two games back-to-back where he went four or five, like mostly on lobs, and we were kind of thinking, oh, maybe he's turning a corner. Like he had like, you know, it doesn't sound impressive, but he had 11 points and eight points against Boston College and against somebody else. And it was like, okay, his production's starting to tick up a little bit, but now he's back down to, you know, one point, three points. Um, yeah, that was Ohio State. He played really yeah. well against Ohio yeah. State right before that, yeah. So... Yeah, so like a, a quality competition there too. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think he's also starting to just kind of lose any sort of trust or patience Shire had with him. Um, because this last game, he wasn't in foul trouble against State, but he barely plays. He yeah. had one foul. Yeah. He played like 12 minutes. Yeah, I mean, maybe nice. Shire just thought he was too... I mean, he would have... If you saw what their big man did to Ryan Young. Just imagine <laughs> Lively out there trying to deal with it. Yeah, you know, and I thought he had some decent contests, yeah. though. I mean, he had a... That's like, true. I think he only got credited with one block, but I think he had like two on one possession. Right. Now, granted, he blocked one, one straight to was, a wide-open three-point shooter. Yeah. I think they missed one was it, a pass. but then yeah. they, got a, they got the offense rebound and oh, then hit the three. It was that kind of night, for sure. So it was just that night, yeah. But it's... You're right, man. I mean, I don't really know... You know, the only way he's going to really be able to shine is in a complete four out one in where there's a lot of spread pick and roll. There's a lot of like heavy cutting. There's spaces there. It's just not working. Um, And I think it also coincides a little bit and not to I'll let you talk more about this shoe, but I think it coincides with flip not being able to space the four right now. You know, I think he's what one for 12 or whatever. I'm sure you get the stats for that on one. Okay, great. Um, (laughs) From three. So that's not helping at all. Maybe we should could flip the roles, have young start and then lively come in as the only big on the floor when we're going to do that and run him as the sole big instead of running young in that small ball lineup. I don't know. Yeah. I'd um, love to see like a, uh, kind of Blake's roach whitehead, Mitchell lively lineup, something with a little bit more speed and athleticism. Um, well, you know, roach is struggling right now, but who else are you going to put in his place? Maybe you could put Proctor in there. But then I worry, like, do we have any scoring at that point? Um, yeah, you'd have to have Dariq out there, you know. Yeah, Maybe we start right. to to do that a little bit where you kind of have that 
Proctor, Blake's Whitehead, Grandison Lively, or like a Mitchell Lively or something right. like that, just to see what he would look like with four perimeter players around him. And then him. just push the pace a lot in that line. Yeah, and just get out and go and, and see what can happen, maybe do some traps or whatever. But 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 now we're that's asking Shire to completely change his lineup and playing style. Right. I don't think that's going to happen. And we've been doing that. Right. Whole, that's probably part of the problem, right, is that we don't have clearly defined roles right. and, you know, but... All right, Shu, who you got? Round us out. Well, you hit it on its uh, its flip. It's Kyle. Um, you know, to start of the season, he was un- incredible, um, which was odd because pre-season we had been hearing some not so great things about Flip. Right, like he's not been very good. He's been getting kicked out of practice. You know, and then he comes out and sets the world on fire with you know a double double machine. Um, but here lately, he has either hit the freshman wall or maybe what we've seen before was not the real flip. That was the kind of question I wanted to ask you guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, over the last five games, he's won for 15 from three. Um, he hasn't hit one since I guess it was the, was the Iowa game. No, either way, the fifth game from last night, he had, he was one for four that he's been on an over since. Yeah. That um, was Iowa. Yeah. Iowa. Okay. So, um, He's also, he's taken the most, him and Roach are tied for, t- you know, the most shots on the team. I think they're both averaging like 11.1 attempts per game. He's not shooting terribly from two. I think he's at 40, uh, 42%, but his three point shooting is now dipped down to 27%. And he's also leading the team in turnovers per game. Um, so going mm. forward, you know, we were asking, uh, on a couple episodes back, do we make flip the alpha? You know, do we run everything through him? And I'm not sure if that's going forward, you know, still the plan. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't know. What do you guys think about flip? Is this the flip that we're going to see the rest of the year? Does he get back to what we were seeing earlier? Josh? Yeah. You know, I, I think he's in a shooting song for sure. Um, I think what the bigger disappoint or not the bigger concern for me is he also hasn't had a double digit rebounding game in that span. And so that could be a way he could impact the game. Um, and he's just not really doing that at the, at the level that he was, I mean, you know, seven rebounds against Maryland Eastern shore, six at wake five, Florida state. Um, he did have eight against last night at, at state, but you know, only one of those were offensive. Um, the defense has kind of taken, he just looks frustrated to me. You know, he's kind of in his head a little bit. He's trying to do too much after every call or bad play. You see him visibly frustrated. Shire's pulling him off to the sidelines to talk to him. Um, you know, I still think Flip can be really good and I think he can still be really good this year. I would love to see him come back. Um, cause I, I think, you know, just building off this experience would be huge, but I think that early season two, could have really maybe been the worst thing for him a little bit because now there's probably some internal pressure that he's like, I have to be the guy, right? Like I'm the guy on this team. Um, And I don't think he has to be the guy or should he be the guy really right now? But it's hard to take that away from someone, right? Like that's, you know, he comes in playing really well. He starts his career off setting records with three straight doubles. You know, he's definitely hit the wall. He's definitely hit the wall. So he hasn't hit, you know, He's just not doing the other things. And if he was still doing those and shooting well, he would be impacting the game in a much higher level. But the fact that all that's went away is is pretty concerning to me. Um, Roll, we'll, we'll, I'll let you jump in and kind of. No, I agree completely. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's the slippage in the other areas of his game that troubles me. Like because he was never efficient. We've talked about this. Right. Like. Um, you know, he was shooting better from three than he is now. He was at more like 33%, I think. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think the highest his field goal percentage was overall ever was like maybe 45%. So it's not like it's been like this steep, you know, falling off a cliff or anything. Um, it's been the rebounding and the defense and just the hustle, the all around kind of hustle. That's what we loved in that first stretch from him. You know, we we were critical of his efficiency, but he was impacting the game in so many ways, like just, you know, getting offensive rebounds, playing surprisingly good defense for a guy of his size. And now he's getting blown by over and over again. And I don't think he suddenly lost the ability to move his feet. I think that either he's just uh, hit this level of fatigue for some reason, which is weird because we haven't played that many games recently, 
or he's just like uh, Josh said, kind of internalizing whatever frustrations he has, and it's causing him not to lock down as much and focus. Yeah, and scouting reports are out on guys now. Yeah, right? that's, the that's what I was going to say. Through yeah. these, there's yeah. teams that they have all this sort of footage on it. Um, they know he's going to spin after that drive. They've right? had plenty like, of time. They know he likes to do that little kind of like hezzy right behind the back dribble to the left or vice versa, and then the spin and the lane, which can it's it's hard to do that. You know, it's hard to do that and stay like in balance, especially when you're seven foot tall. Yeah, that's and why so he does. He can't. It, it's not an easy move to pull off. You know, it's not an easy move. Um, you know, Giannis has kind of got that in his bag. Like that's kind of his go to. Um, but it's not easy to do that stuff. And so I think he's trying to do a little bit too much. Um, I'd like to see him kind of just get back to the basics. I'd like to see us run some stuff to get him some easy points. You know, his post game is nice when he catches on that ball. He's got that nice little turnaround. He's got some stuff that he can go to cut out some of the drives, maybe asking to be a little bit more of a passer. You know, he hasn't even been doing that really a whole lot. Um, I think we should keep running some pick and pops for him because I do believe that there is some shooting there. Um, but, but yeah, uh, some kind of simple catches deep in the post would be good. And just because then we'd at least could cut out some of the turnovers where he's yep. just trying to do too much. You know, that is is what we could really kind of eliminate. Um, you know, even if he doesn't shoot the ball well, it, it's it's just trying to get him in a little bit of a different action, I think, because, you know, he could still be really good for us. He still, he still has been good for us, but he just sure. hasn't been yeah. really good for us, right. right? And so it's, you know, part of that, again, I think that goes back to our points earlier about Whitehead. If Whitehead starts to emerge as that guy, um, can Shire get these other guys to buy in around that and play a role off that and play off, you know, off of what Derek's doing? Um, right now, it seems like not that there's an internal competition, but it just doesn't seem to have much of a rhythm of like what we're doing or whose turn is it to get some plays drawn up. Um, and we kind of just go through that, you know, where like Blake's is getting his number called early in the Florida State game. And then Mark Mitchell kind of goes through these spans every game where he just has like four minutes where we draw up like five straight plays and he's awesome for like a five minute mm-hmm. window. And then it's like someone else's turn. Um, you know, maybe if we could find a way to make those feel a little more organic, you know, I don't know. But I guess that's a good segue a little bit. So let's talk a little bit about adversity and kind of just, um, you know, talk about Shire a little bit. There's been a lot of kind of rambling, rumblings on like message boards and on like social media about kind of a Shire over his head. Um, You know, personally, not without being too blunt, I think that's like super premature at this point, you know, like. One, he's got one basically returning and 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 Roach, and I'm sure Roach and John coming into the season thought it was going to be his team. He was going to be the guy. He was going to kind of lead this, lead the charge. Um, like we mentioned, for whatever reason, that hasn't really been the case, and now we're kind of in scramble mode. A lot of these guys just aren't really producing, and maybe that is schematic. Maybe it is, you know, other things, but. I think just jumping to that for for him being over his head is kind of a little bit of a reach, considering that since we went to this one and done model, Kay's done the same thing for a decade, you know, and and it's two of them have worked to turn themselves into a Final Four, but all of these teams have had these just stretch of games in January where we just look like a sub two hundred team, you know. And it's let's be real. I mean, how many times have we went into PNC and lost by 15 or more with better teams oh, yeah. than NC state? <laughs> the two games I've watched at NC state, we got our asses beat. Both of those teams won a national title. Yeah, I would never yeah. watch another game in Raleigh, but the two times I did watch a game in Raleigh was 2010 and 2015. They handed it to us. Wasn't pretty. It gave up more points too. Yeah. Um, and both those teams won a title. So not that this team's going to do that. I but, believe both those games were in the nineties, like 95 points, 93 points. It yeah, was, normally it it's bad. not our problem. Isn't scoring. Yeah. <laughs> it's not been able to stop them. Yeah. Uh, right. You know, last night they were, they were, there was a point where I was like, are we going to score 50? I think Josh mm-hmm. and I said it like, yeah. I'd, I'd love to hit 50, especially when it's two to 20, you know, I, look, that's, I think that's my most frustrating thing about last night. The, the loss was embarrassing. Um, I've seen some bad losses before the, the game where Obama showed up when we played Georgetown, we got our butt. Yeah. Kicked. Oh yeah. Um, obviously I, th- I don't know if you mentioned it, the 2009 game at Clemson. Yep. Um, you know, Clemson granted they were ranked 10th at the, the time. Um, but we didn't. We we failed to score fifty points in that game. With that game, uh, got uh, Nolan Smith 
benched or something like I don't remember what the deal was, but there was a major shakeup to the roster after that. Yeah, him and John. Him and John were John very Shire bad took that over night. Point. Yeah, well, they were both right. They were both like one for right. sixteen or two for sixteen combined that game. So you know we've seen worse games, but I think the thing that bothered me the most was just the the lack of effort all around, like right. the the turnovers we had. uh what 13 turnovers in the first half with seven field goals like you, you just you can't do that um sorry to to have got off on oh no no on our thing but yeah that that was still eat it's it, i woke up this morning still even though i only watched the first half last night still upset about it yeah you know i went back and watched some of the condensed game before we got on here and i actually did feel a little bit better because state did pull their typical like out of body experience with like their shot making was just incredible. Yeah. But like Josh and I discussed, the frustrating part was how quickly it was over. Like, mm-hmm. let's imagine we were tied 20 to 20 and then they go on an 18 0 run. So, you know, they're up the same amount, right? But right. that feels so much better than starting the game down 20 to 2. I mean, it took us 10 minutes to, yeah. to get a basket. Yeah. <laughs> Not great, you know, not not good at all. Um, but, you know, I think the thing is, too, is adversity is part of it. It sucks when you're going through it. But I think for, for Shire particularly, like his collegiate career was kind of like marked by that, you know, like it took four years for them to finally kind of push through that. Um, not saying that maybe he's going to get that long of a leash here, but I think we got to give him a little bit of time just to see what. And I think the other thing, too, is there's a lot of like, questioning about his ability to motivate and you know i would just say to that that there's multiple different ways to motivate not everyone's going to be this demonstrative yelling in your kind of face guy publicly um but that i don't think that suggests that he's just incapable of lighting a fire or getting under guys in fact some of the things that we've heard about the team over the summer and even more recently in practice is he doesn't really have much of a problem telling guys like it is. Behind yeah, he might be doors. a little bit more of a hard ass than we think he is. I, I think so. Man. I really do. I think so. That I think there's a, a um, there's a, a, a competitiveness. There's a fire there that's still very fierce. And you know, even in the uh, the post game last night, you know, he was very cool, calm, collected. But you could see it in his face. Dude was fuming, right? Like he, I think he wanted to pull the like Coach K. This is not acceptable type deal, and he, he kind of hinted at that a little bit. Um, but, he did put more know. blame on himself than for sure. He did. Than Coach K might have. I will say that, um, which I actually appreciated. But yeah, no, it's no amount of motivation is going to make the players better. Too. That's the other thing maybe there are some coaching issues and there's some stuff that I've been critical of in the process, like, you know, playing two bigs at all times and certain things like that. But, you know, it's, it also seems like this class is only, is the number one class in name only like, you know, what, what, what is actually having the number one class mean? What that means is a bunch of scouts thought these were the best players, but that doesn't tell you anything about what their actual college production is going to be. Yeah. Or how they fit together, right. right? Or how they're gonna, you know, battle together, or how they're gonna mesh. Right. And um, yeah, you know, I think all those are great points. And we're still sitting here at what, eleven and four. Um, you know, there's a lot of season left to play. Let's like see you what had, happens with Dariq and all these other guys, but go ahead. No, I was just gonna say if we had like if this team had Zion, I don't care who the coach is, they're gonna look way better than this team does now. Because right. no coach is gonna make, you know. Filipowski look like Zion. Yeah. Or, or, or what if Lively just went to jump from 56th ranked prospect to the 27th, right? Like, right. It, then it doesn't give that optic of, yeah. well, you guys are underperforming because you have the number one player. You know, like maybe he really wasn't the number one player and the evaluators just got right completely wrong. You know, that's happened before. Yeah. It's not the first time. Yeah. yeah. Cam Reddish, but we just happened to have Zion and RJ that same year. Right. Yeah, I mean, I brought it up with another group today, like, and John Watson's mentioned, you know, the Scow, Clifford, Alexander. There's a there's a couple like top five oh, recruits yeah. that just, for whatever reason, just didn't give you much in college. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and I think that that's the main source of frustration a lot of fans are having with Shire right now is their expectations are all founded on having the number one class, 
and you would just hope that after a decade that would start to we would start to understand that oh, yeah. a little bit. Now, if you want to criticize the approach, that's completely yeah. valid. If you want to say that yeah, maybe you shouldn't have went after that I'm many yeah. versus yeah, versus maybe you should go portal or whatever else, like that's completely valid. Um, but if we're just assigning this is the number one recruit class, this is da 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 da. I, I can't get with that just because we've seen that over and over and over that it just doesn't really matter at that level. Um, you know, when it comes to on-court production. And so, and then again, what if, you know, what if Roach doesn't have the toe issue and that never is an issue, then maybe we don't drop these two games or we only drop one of those games and we're sitting at three and one and we've lost a, a road game at Wake or we lost a road game at State. It's not even a big deal at that point. You know, it's, because he was starting to become kind of that big shot maker. We had just talked about it two weeks ago or three weeks ago about how he was just that guy for us. Like, just, you know, he, even some of the like ball fakes that he was doing, he was shooting that three with incredible kind of confidence. That's gone. That is not there. So, you know, there's a lot of moving parts. Um, but well, I, that's I why I think, think maybe that, you should. That's why I think maybe we should sit him and let him heal. For sure. Because I think a benching looks so much worse optically if you're benching him because he's not playing well enough but if you sit him so he can heal that kind of like preserves his dignity you know it, it keeps chemistry good on the team and it actually serves the purpose of letting him get healthy yeah, yeah, yeah. my thing is it, it, who are you going to play if you do bench him who, who's playing better i mean there's nobody no. i mean <laughs> no no well, it wouldn't be a benching of that i think what, what yeah. raul's saying if it's benching it's clearly to like not be not you're coming off the bench like you're just not playing for two weeks right. or whatever to like do some rehab reset um just kind of really you know find yourself again get healthy get the get the swagger back all that stuff and then you see what you got, right? You you keep running Blake's out there. You put Proctor back out there. You really kind of just go all in on Dariq for two weeks and see what happens. Um, I mean, you guys have seen when whenever we have Blake's and Roach in, a lot of times Blake's is bringing the ball up, right? Yep. Like he's playing the point guard. The thing that concerns me is handle is still a little mm -hmm. shaky, you know? So Jeremy's really the only guy that I feel like we have that – that if a team's like really in your face pressing that can that can handle that. That's that's my biggest issue. Is it we take him off the floor? I mean, we saw in the the was it the Eastern Shore game where, where Proctor yeah. ran the point, like it was just not good. Um mm. yeah, so. but if he's gonna be shooting zero of eight, isn't that doing just as much damage, just in a different way? True. True. Yeah. And so it's not you know, it's not an easy fix. I don't envy um, John right now. And one thing we haven't talked a whole lot about, but there's just a ton of pressure. I'm not yep. so sure that the pressure this year is any different than last year. It looks no. different, right? It might feel a little bit different, but you have K's last year. So there's coach pressure on him. Um, all the players are feeling that right last year for the GOAT. And I think this year there's a lot of pressure on John to like follow that up and to be good. And I think the players feel that too, right? Like we're the ones that are supposed to keep Duke Duke. And that's tough. That's tough to do. There's human emotions into it. It's the holiday season too. Like there's a lot going on. Um, that's not trying to make excuses, but I don't think we can just look at this stuff in a, you know, in a box here. It's, it's bigger than that. Um, you know, I think if anything, I'm hoping that like we get back to Cameron and, and can do some, do some damage there. We gotta, gotta try to get one at Boston college first, but the schedule is not going to get any easier. And so that's, you know, it's time to kind of find ourselves. Um, but it's sports, you know, momentum is fickle and it can just flip oh, yeah. in, in the funniest of ways. And, uh, you know, hopefully Shire does has a few things up his bag to pull out for motivation tactics to really just get in there and look at schematically what we're doing. Maybe, maybe there's a wrinkle, um, you know, I, I don't know, but does it concern you guys that the two row games we've played in the ACC, we've given up what 80 and 84 points is it was it 81 against wake 80 or 81 81 against wake yeah and then 84 last night so okay so 42 in the second half against Florida State's also not great <laughs> so the so the last three halves you know that's the second half against Florida State and then both halves last night we've gotten up 40 40 or more points in all yep. three of those halves for a team that had a defensive identity that's troublesome. Also, the fact that those road games, there were no students there. There were students there, but there wasn't, you know, it's not in session, right? So it wasn't as 
wild and raucous as it could be. That that kind of bothers me going forward um, for any of our road games, like uh, all of them, Louisville hmm. included. Yeah, but I will say that while Wake and State aren't, you know, maybe the cream of the crop of the ACC, they're also not. There's we're going to play worse teams on the road. Like, yes, it worries me for games like, you know, Miami or UNC or Virginia Tech, but I don't necessarily think it means doom and gloom for like playing at Louisville. I can't even remember who we play on the road. Maybe, you know, but um, I think we play at Louisville, maybe uh, obviously at BC. Do we play at Georgia Tech? We play at Clemson, at Virginia Tech, at Georgia Tech, at Miami. We play Miami twice at Virginia at Syracuse and then we end it at North Carolina. Yeah, that's that's another uh issue is <laughs> the way the schedule is uh shook out for us, like it seems like we're playing all the better teams on the road and we don't really get to play those teams at home, so we don't really get the benefit of Cameron to kind of like get some good wins. Um I mean, who who do we even play in Cameron that's good? UNC, obviously, but provided they actually become, you know, good at some point. But yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, if you're looking at just our conference numbers, we you know, we play the ACC offense. leader pit, right? Don't yeah, play Penn, them yeah. Home? Yeah, yeah. Maybe they're good. <laughs> I still don't quite believe it, but, you know, at some point you have to. They've got, yeah, they got a nice the resume. Yeah. They got a nice resume. That's for sure. But, you know, we're 12th in conference and defense. That's not going to get it done. You know, that is not going to get it done. Ironically, we're first in effective field goal percentage in our conference. So that's a a weird thing that's kind of flipping around a little bit. Um, You know, our three point percentage, we're a third in that. So it's, it's, I don't know. The defense is Tariq. That's Tariq making threes, I guess. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. That's the only, that's all. And Blake's, I guess, too. Right. You know, when he had the kind of outbreak. I just don't understand. I mean, dude, it was less than two months ago. We were holding teams to under 40, like what? Or or under 50. You know, I don't, I just, yeah. Yeah. Well, to come back to Shire, I just kind of want to say that I feel like every new coach deserves a little more slack than, you know, a coach who's been coaching the program for 10, 20, 30 years. Like, K deserved, you know, quick criticism in a given year because we knew what he was capable of and he'd had time to establish the program and get an identity and all that. Shire yeah. hasn't had time to do any of that. Um, there's just so many factors that go into establishing a program and he's still learning too. Yeah. That's another thing. I think people forget that coaches can get better. Yeah, for sure. And it's also just... There, this is cliche, but it, it's not at the same time. There's a difference of playing in conference, and it's not just that ACC. It's right. anywhere, you know, Big Ten, you know, Big Twelve, SEC, whatever. When you get into that conference slate, there's just a different level of toughness, a different level of preparation that has to go into this stuff. Um, and when eight of your nine rotation players are all brand new to the team in some capacity. It takes a little while to learn that. Um, And, you know, hopefully it doesn't take us too many more of those games like last night, but I do think there's something to that. And it's, it doesn't really matter when people say throw the records out the window. I think that's, again, that stuff is cliche, but context though, if you look at it, well, would you say that state is better than Xavier or um, Iowa? You, You probably wouldn't. But if you no, go back and look and look at those games, the intensity that we that Iowa showed against us, the intensity that Xavier showed against us was not the intensity that State had last night. Those guys played their ass off. Those games in the garden, those early yeah. games, they were free flowing. It was kind of up and down. The game was just kind of it, it, it just looks different, right? It's just a different animal, different dynamic going on the road in conference. Um, I mean, the know, State's credit, they played. It was a must win for them, and they played like it. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And I don't even think they played that great to start the game. Like they should have been up probably about well, they, 30 to five. Their like, offense really. wasn't great, but they were, no. they were in our pants, right? Yeah, like they, they were. they were on. And that was the other frustrating thing is how many times have we done that to teams? And the way you beat that, you backdoor cut, you, you know, you, <laughs> you got to alleviate that pressure some way. And it didn't seem like we tried to do any of that. You, you got to meet the toughness um, challenge. And we just did, we missed a lot of easy shots right at the rim. Um, it took 
going down, what was it, 18 to two or 20 to two before I think Mark Mitchell finally got that one ball and just dumped it and was like, it was 18 to where the hell was that? That is what we needed. Like when it's 8 0, you know, or like right to start the game, you come out and do that, you set a tone. We need toughness, you know, we, we got to, and that sounds super lame, but I think there's an element to that, you know, whether it's physical, mental, whatever, we got to be ready to go. Um, and you know, that does start on the preparation side that does start on the coaching inside. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, I don't know, not to be too negative about it, but you know, it's still early. It's still early. So let's see what, where this goes. Let's see what, what happens. Um, you know, you know we get- I mean, like you just can't be prisoner of the moment. You have to look at the way these things shake out in the long run. Uh, it's impossible to know what kind of coach Shire is going to be standing here right now. Um, I guarantee you, I, I have, I don't have it in front of me, but I guarantee you coach K's record was way, way worse at this same point, his first year. Oh yeah, for sure. Right. He, he always talks about those first three yeah. years of how they were 500 and yeah. just all that. They got beat by 40 to Virginia. He talks about all those. And he um, still had some of Foster's players. So it's not like they were without talent. Right, right. And so it's a different era. It's a different, you know, climate. Um, I get all of that. And I don't think John's going to quite get that leash that Kay had. But I think he deserves at least a, a somewhat of a similar leash, right? Somewhat, look at Jeff Cable. They were talking about how they should have fired him last year. And look what he's doing right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and so at this point, like you said, maybe they're not, you know, how much do we believe it? But you know, they've got some big wins under their belt. They're eight and one at home. And, you know, that's it's tough to go on the road. It's tough. To, it's not like we went on the road and lost to Louisville yet. Right. Or we went on the road and lost to Florida state. Who's 500 at home. You know, Wake Forest hasn't lost a game at home. There ain't no, you know, state's nine and one at home. Like it's, it happens. I think the way it happened is what makes it really suck. Yep. Yeah. You know, that we yeah. just lost that defense that we got blitzed like that. Um, you know, and I talk about baseball a lot on this and I don't really know why I keep coming back to that, but it's the same in baseball. Eric O'Flaherty talks all the time about like, you know, it depends on when you slump is how people view that. If you start the season just at your average and you're doing well and all of a sudden you go on like a, you know, two for 30 slump in the middle of August, it doesn't affect your numbers that much. People won't even pay attention on it. You start the season two for 30, you're in the doghouse, right? Like it is very much right in front of you. Um, And I think that might be a little bit of what, you know, happened last night that just getting blitzed out of the gate was we got shell shocked. I don't, you know, we got shell shocked. Um, granted, I thought, you know, it's, you know, we don't want to take away too much from it, but we did score 38 in the second half. We still got outscored, but we at least demonstrated something, you know, like I thought we were trending to like a 40 point, like this thing is going to get just gross. Um, and it was pretty gross, but you know, what are you going to do now to segue us? If we don't manage to, win at bc oh yeah burn it down and maybe yeah <laughs> maybe all this talk goes out the window <laughs> yeah yeah you lose that we talk about defense if we needed a game to try to get our defense back you, the only way this could be better is if we got to play them at home twice you know right. how crazy good, is it we're talking about there, a game but... at bc as a must win must win game but here we yeah, are it, i think yeah. you're right i think we have to we have to win this game i mean yeah, when in other years, I would say it wouldn't, you know, it it would be nice to win, but it wouldn't be a must win. But now you don't want Sean to lose the locker room. You don't want to lose these guys. You know, that could be tough. Um, yeah, and it's but, also just like the the faith and the talent was there in other years. So you're like, okay, maybe we start two and three in the ACC. That's not great, but we've got a Palo. We've got whoever, right? Um not to keep coming back to the talent level, but I, you know, I just don't see this team really being able to like rattle off a bunch of unexpected wins. So we've got to win the games we should win. Yeah. Yeah. And that's starting Saturday. I mean, I think it's a, you know, Kay used to talk a lot about program games and I think John could kind of use that angle a little bit and say, well, you know, what happened at state wasn't acceptable. This is Duke. And we're going to write the ship and it's going to start right here. And it's going to start Saturday and we're going to go up there and play the best game of the year. 
and just no excuses. You know, if, if you're not, if you're missing rotations, if you're not, you're out, right? Whatever he needs to do to kind of send a message of like, no, that's not who we were. Wednesday night is not who we were. You know, look at what we've been this year. Let's go up there and deliver. Um, you know, Boston College has played well at home. They did beat Virginia Tech um, at home. They just beat Notre Dame at home. However, she, you're talking about the defense. There's no better game to try to get the defense back on track than playing a team that's basically sub 300 in every offensive category. Yeah. And that's what BC is. You know, they're 271st and uh, adjusted efficiency. They're sub 300 in effective field goal percentage. They're almost dead last in D1 and three-point percentage. So this is it, right? This is the game where you got to try to get some of that back. Um, yeah, the three-point percentage thing is big there, too, because that's the way that a less talented team can pull off an upset. Yeah. yeah. Now they'll probably shoot like 15 for oh, yeah. 24 and just some oh, yeah. outrageous thing, but they only get 20% of their points from the three point line. Mm-hmm. Now they, they, they feast inside the line, you know, 61% of their offense comes off of twos. Jarkle Joyner will probably announce that he's transferring to BC tomorrow. Eligible immediately. Yeah. And just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Comes in just banking 40 footers. Fine. He had he's such a good time last night that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just just transfer, to transfer to every team um, we're playing the next day. Like, yeah. <laughs> like a groupie, like a, like a deadhead. <laughs> just keeps going. Yeah, around. Around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, ho- hopefully that that's not going to be, the case but Ken Palm still projecting a 70-61 Duke win um you know we'll, we'll see we'll see I'll take any win at this point just, well, we just, just played these guys what three weeks ago it wasn't long ago December right? 3rd we beat them 75-59 okay, so in Cameron there. pretty much kind of controlled it you know most they, of the way. They, they, they hung around for a little while at first half of they did. They did. Put, uh, um, Langford went out, right? He got hurt. Langford got hurt. Yeah. Um, you know, bigger staff, Langford, those are guys you're going to be familiar with. One guy that didn't do a whole lot last time, but that's really came on for them in the last couple of weeks is the freshman, Prince Aligbe. I think that's how he pronounces it. Um, last three games, playing over 20 minutes. His usage has really kind of went up. Shot take, shot making and, and taking has really increased. Had 15 and seven against Notre Dame. Um, that's something to keep keep an eye on of, you know, another wrinkle for their team. They played pretty well at home. I, I still think we got to go in there and, and you just got to find a way you got to find a way you got to get it done. Um, you know, I, I want to remember that Proctor played pretty decent last time against them. So maybe he could get going again. You know, I don't know what the deal with Roach is, but uh, yeah, like you said, it's must win probably at this point to just, to get things back on track because after that you got uh who's got four four of our next six are on the road i know yeah you come home we come home for pittsburgh then we go back on the road for clemson then we come home for miami we go back on the road for virginia tech and georgia tech come home for wake in north carolina go back for it gets brutal yeah you know and these are the games where you just you gotta win you gotta win them but i think it's a winnable game. We're favored to win the game. We've lost to Wake and State. Those aren't super surprising. Like we said a couple of weeks ago, though, just don't lose to Florida State. Don't lose to Boston College. Don't lose to Louisville. Those are the big three. Um, you know, even Georgia Tech started to improve a little bit. Like they're not quite the dumpster that we might have thought they were coming in. Um, they just Georgia beat Tech Miami. Had Miami. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, who knows? Um, yeah, I just want to see us come out like guns blazing, and then it'll take care of itself if we do that. Yeah, I'm hoping that's going to be the the message this week in practice. Is you know, obviously the defense has has got its own issues right now, but to me, I think it just starts on the offensive end. You know, we get some points on the board last night, and that's a, it's a game early. You know, like they kind of left it open to us to try to make a little push, and we just couldn't do it. If, if we can get some easier shots um, at this point, I don't see what you're getting starting lively. We need we need to start well. We need a good start. If you want to play him, bring him off the bench or whatever, but we can't we can't have zeros in the starting lineup. I don't think not after a performance like that. I think it's really critical. Those first four, four minutes or so to kind of, to get going. Set, set the but, tone, man. Yeah. 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 So, you know, hopefully, hopefully we, we get to see a little bit, a little bit of a different look, but uh, anything else from you all before we get out of here? Just win, baby. Just win. Yeah. Like I said before, I just kind of want to encourage the fan base to have at least a little patience. Like, you know, it's not unlimited. I get that. Um, and the expectations are high, but just, you know, 
bear with him. The story's not written yet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's still, it's still early, still early. Um, you know, plenty of time. And so, you know, we'll see what's going on. A lot of conference games left to play. Still 16 of these things left to play. So see what happens. Um, you know, we'll show up. We'll, we'll keep, we'll keep doing these things. So, you know, I guess after this one, we probably won't be back until after Pitt. So we'll come back and react to Boston College and Pittsburgh. Hopefully we got two wins to talk about. Um, a little, little change in sales there, but. You know, in the meantime, rate, review, subscribe, find us on the board at devilsden.com. Check out that article by Roe if you want to look at that with the Rick Whitehead. Highly recommend that. Email us at thedevilsdenpod at gmail.com and do your best to have a stronger face and a little higher verb than what we did last night. Go do it. Mm-hmm.